Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Series A, Dhamma Talk number 27. In the last Dhamma Talk, we come to the point of one has overcome or abandoned to a large degree. Dosa, Loba, and Moha. Mental defilements. So, once you have totally overcome it, these mental defilements, you gain wisdom. And the person who gained wisdom possesses certain mental qualities. They possess certain mental qualities. And these people who possesses these certain mental qualities are all differentiated in general four different. So they are called noble person. Noble person level one, level two, level three, and level four. Level four is the highest in which no more traces of this kilesa. Loba, dosa, and moha. Greed, anger, and delusion or ignorance is left. Nothing left. Only on the fourth. But still, at the noble person number one, number one level, they have abandoned to a certain degree. When they have abandoned to a certain degree, what happens is they become the possessor of seven mental qualities. And these seven mental qualities are called seven enlightenment factors. When you are enlightened, you possess. Okay, possess means you have it at your disposal. They possess seven mental faculties. And they are called seven enlightenment factors in Pali, Sambhojanga or Bhojanga. Bhojanga is two parts. One is Bodhi. Bodhi is knowing or you can call it enlightenment. Inga, inga is parts, parts of enlightenment. Body, inga, bojanga. So what are these seven, okay, seven factors of enlightenment? The first one is sati, what we are practicing, 
mindfulness. The first factor is mindfulness, sati. And second one is called dhamma vijaya. Okay, dhamma, we already know dhamma, dhamma. Vijaya is investigation. Investigation of dhamma or investigation into dhamma. That is the second factor. And the third one is Varya. Varya is energy and effort. And the fourth one is PT. PT is rupture. The fifth one is Pasati. Pasati is calm or tranquility. And the sixth is samadhi, that is concentration or one-pointedness. And the seventh is upekha, equanimity. Equanimity. So those are the seven mental states or mental factors. Mindfulness, investigation to Dharma, effort, rupture, tranquility, one-pointedness or concentration, and equanimity. It's called seven factors of enlightenment or Bojanga. So in this Bojanga is you need to understand you have this seven bhajanga or seven factors of enlightenment only when you become a noble person. When I say you have me, you possessed. So when you possess this, you can use it at any time. It is at your disposal. It is at your disposal. The possessor of these seven mental factors are noble person. But at the same time, one is still practicing all these things, even though one has not been a noble person yet, a riya yet, but we are still practicing. So that doesn't mean that these can be practiced only by the noble person. We all are practicing we all are practicing. So in other words, we are trying to fill. We are trying to fill, we are trying to accumulate, we are trying to multiply and develop these factors so that we have them 100% and also we have them appropriately. Appropriately. Everybody is practicing. So these seven factors of enlightenment are, these factors can be practiced by anybody, but they may not become the master of it yet. They may not know how to play these yet. Play means you can do at your whims, at your disposal. Okay? They may not know how to balance them yet, 
but that is what you are doing. And then when you possessed it, when you own these seven factors of mental states, you become the first noble person. So those are the factors of enlightenment. One should understand that way clearly. Just like Eightfold Noble Path. He said Eightfold Noble and we are all practicing Eightfold Noble Path and there are times we have all Eightfold Noble Path but we are not the possessors of the Eightfold Noble Path yet. We are the one who are accumulating, developing, multiplying these Eightfold Noble Path so that we can use them at will. We become at our disposal in a balanced and proper way. Only then these eightfold noble path becomes yours. You become the possessor. And when you become the possessors of these eight noble noble path, you become the Ariya noble person. So you can approach him different ways. You can approach through Eightfold Noble Paths. That is one way. Okay. That one is more on a, a bigger picture, bigger concept as a whole part. Seven factors of enlightenment is you are already on the path and you are fine-tuning your mental states. The same result, but slightly different approach. So, have a clear understanding that you are accumulating, developing, and practicing to own these things. And the owner, that is the distinction in a human being, we draw a line in Buddhist. One is called putujana, the worldings. People who are trying or people who are not even practicing, or people who are not even aware these exist. They just live about their happy ways. That is called putujana. And the people who own these mental states, or who own these eight paths, noble paths, they are called noble person. One, two, three, and four. So now we have a clear understanding of what the seven factors of enlightenment is. So the first approach is, I'd like to explain in a preceding topic. The preceding topic is we have a good meditation sessions and bad meditation session. That was the preceding topics. So let us apply the seven factors of enlightenment under that context, good meditation sessions and bad meditation sessions. So in here, a yogi is meditating, and the yogi is meditating and sometime they become, they have a low energy, they don't want it, 
they become disenchanted, they want to stop practicing, okay. as they are not progressing, they lose hope. I'm finding no insight. Oh, there are some yogis are going leaps and bounds, and here I'm doing for six months, six years, I have nothing. Discouraged. Okay. Low energy, wanting to quit, or depressed, whichever words you'd like to use. These kind of mental states come in, and you are basically low, down, and out. Your mind is with it, depressed. That is one type of yogis. And another type of yogis is what happened was, let's say they are practicing and their discovery of the Dharma is quite fast and quick. Okay, quite fast and quick. When they are quite fast and quick, they get really excited, okay, elated, exhilarated, flying high, that kind of nature. And in other words, low mode and high mode. This kind of state goes through the yogis based on the condition. And when you go through these stages, one can practice these seven factors of enlightenment appropriately to counter these modes. To counter these modes. First of all is in general. In general. In general is Putujana, the worldings, who are not noble persons yet. We are not the possessor, we are trying. Okay. When we are trying, and we still have these things. Okay. Low mood, low energy, oh, I think I'm sick, I don't want to do it, uh, I'm not finding all these things. And when those things come in, appropriately, what you can do, what you can apply, you can press on that pedal, one of the seven. Okay. You won't be able to apply every one of it because still you are not skillful yet, depending on where you are. You can press on the pedal and you can lift yourself out of that depressed mode or low energy mode or disinterested mode. Okay. There are some of them you can apply it. And at the same time, you're practicing, sometime you use the word, some even say, oh, beginner's luck. Somebody's meditating and within two weeks, they're experiencing Dharma and all these um, things that you have never experienced before and got very excited. When you're excited, the mind becomes excited. It becomes restless. The mind becomes elated and you're flying. And when you're flying, your mind cannot settle down and you cannot really meditate. Meditation is not about being low or being high, being in the middle, okay. neutral, middle, intermediate, always in the middle, in the balance. So when you go accelerate and high, some of the factors of the seven enlightenment factors, whichever one you can apply with your own ability, you press on that pedal 
and you can subdue and slow down that accelerated and elated mental state. So that is one. And even once you become a noble person, okay, once you become a noble person, you still have these low modes and high modes. Not in the way that we have as a putujana, ordinary walling, but they still do. Because, let's say, noble person level one, the first level, okay, all that he has attained is, okay, he has attained the right view. The right view means, I'm not saying all other views are wrong and this is right. The right view means that one person truly understand the true nature of mind and the true nature of matter, mind and matter. He understand the true nature of mind and matter is this is the physical phenomenon and this is the mental phenomenon. With precision he understands. That is the right view. And he has no doubt which he has Because of this understanding, because these understanding are taught by the Buddha, he has a full confidence in the Buddha and in his teaching Dharma and the Sangha, the people who are devoting 100% of their life for the Dharma to practice for the self and to also help other people to practice Sangha. He has a full faith and confidence in these Buddha, Dharma and Sangha, which means he or she doesn't have any doubt in it anymore. So those are the qualities. And also that person will never practice any other practice anymore believing that that any other practice can release you from all form of suffering. So those are the mental states that they possessed, and they are irreversible mental state. And because of that, on a practical level, they will never ever break or commit Five precepts, simply killing all living beings, taking what is not willingly given, sexual misconduct, false speech, wrong speech, and taking any intoxicant or substance, drugs that could cloud the mind. Seems so simple, you know, just little five things. But if you truly live it, it does not easy. Every day you reflect yourself, whether you are endowed with it or whether you break here or there. Not easy. But when you become a noble person, they will never break that five percept. They don't break this five percepts, not with the resolution or determination or willpower. They simply don't do it. The thought, even on a thought form of doing it, 
does not arise in their mind. And even under a very difficult conditions, even at the threat of their own life, they will not break it. That is what it is. Noble person is somebody who is fully endowed with 5% without breaking. That is only actual observable effects that we can see or you can analyze in yourself. And that become the cause. And the effect is those person who never ever break that five percepts will not be reborn in the full woeful state. Full woeful state. One is a constant state of intense suffering. That's called hell. Second one is terichana. Animals, birds, insects, these realms. They are always in a state of suffering. All that they do is to survive and to eat and survive and to eat. And the third one is a realm in which is always in a constant state of lack. They call it, by name, it's called hungry ghost. It is a, a living being always in a constant state of lack. They don't die. They are alive. But everything and anything what they need is always in a constant state of lack. Not enough. Very little. And the fourth one is, you call it demonic run. These are very, like they have the power. They can inflict things to others. They have mental power, but they are in a constant state of negativity with anger, fear, bullying, that kind of thing. So those are called four woeful state. And a person who never breaks that five percepts without putting any effort, it's a part of it. That person will never ever be reborn in the four woeful state. It is guaranteed. So that is all that is the noble person number one is. So other than that, they still have some jealousy, some envy, some ter- pride, some conceit, some joy, all these other mental factors are still there. And if they have it, definitely there will be a low mode and there will be a high mode. There will be a depressed mode and there will be an excited mode. Noble person still has it, the first noble person, because they are not free from all negative mental states yet. All that they are is they are fully endowed with five percepts, but they still enjoy to a certain degree of the senses. As long as you are enjoying a certain degree of senses, there's a depression and there is a excitement. They still have it. So as they still have it, the point that I'm making is when they have it, they practice the seven factors of enlightenment appropriately to uplift them or to calm them down. So 
you will understand now these seven factors of enlightenment. Even in a state of a arahat, they still practice it. Because arahat is someone who has no, no traces of mental defilements, even to the most subtlest form, nothing left. But still, they have the body. The mind is totally safe, secure from the mental defilements. But the body is still there. The body is still under attack by the conditions, by the food you eat, by the air you breathe, by the water you drink, by the weather you are under. You are still under this attack and they behave exactly like us. No different. But the advantage in them is they can put their mind in this, use that seven factors of enlightenment to a perfect purity, perfect balance. But they have to, their objective is they are balancing that seven factors of enlightenment. That is the objective. And when they balance it, the mind comes to the perfectly tuned and balanced with the intention, intentionally to put in that mode. When you put intentionally into that mode, the body also starts to recover because the mind and the bodies work hand in hand. And that is how a lot of yogis become, cure some of the disease. Even some yogis, just like cancer and tuberculosis and things like that, they recover or cure from those things. Migraine headache, the suffering for years, you got to a sudden state of enlightenment, gone. A sudden state of insight, gone. Because they purify the mind and the mind and the bodies are interrelated. The mind in turn purify the body, flows of oxygen, flows of blood, toxin release, all the things. You don't have to do anything. The minds become pure and the bodies become pure. That is how it does. So that's how these seven factors of enlightenment. That's why you will hear, some of you might know, there's a sutra or sutta, Bhajanga Sutta. Bhajanga Sutra in Burma, okay, without knowing deeply in detail, people just recite that Bhajanga Sutra back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. When? Whenever somebody is sick, whenever you are not well, all this recited and it will get better. This is what they believe. That belief also can affect something. That belief is what? Faith. But in here is without knowing rhyme and reason. When you don't know rhyme and reason, you can say blind belief. But blind faith, if you really believe in, it has just some potency. It's quite potent. And some, that's by faith healing. In different religions, you can even hear faith healing. A person, the other person is not healing you. It is you are healing yourself. You believe that person can heal you, and it heals. Basically, your mind is healing your body. 
but you give credit to the other and you give all your fortunes to that person. That's a blind faith. But reality, you are curing yourself. In here, you are curing with the power of faith, whatever that faith is. But in here is Bhujanga Sutra. Is the Buddha doesn't mean that you recite it and then you get well. Because he does. When his right-hand lieutenant and left-hand lieutenant, all his disciples get sick, he went there and he recite near them and they recover. But for them is they are not just simply reciting. When they say these words of Bhajanga Sutra, seven factors of enlightenment, they are developing those mental states in their mind. Those mental states in their mind and balancing it. As you are sick, as the arahat is sick, the body is weak. When the body is weak, it affects a certain degree to the mind. So another person come in and recite it and pull up the mind together with it. They actually develop those mental states and that's how they recover. When Buddha was sick, one of the arahat came in, yes, came and recited that Bhujanga Sutra. So you're hearing it as the body is weak, so the mind is not too strong. But when there is a sound beside it and the concept of the sound, and then finally the mind goes into that mental state and become rebalanced, the body is. That's why traditionally it started because of that evidence, because of that sutra, because of that incident at the time of Buddha. Down the line for 2,500 years, people recite Bhajanga Sutra whenever somebody is sick, quite seriously sick, of course. But if they know the true meaning of it, and if they practice it, it will be very effective. If not, they will only have the effect of the faith of the person who is sick. That one, the faith of that sick person, mind is the one that is curing, not the person who is reciting or not the person who is whatever doing. Know that in that way. So in here, I try to explain seven factors of enlightenment in a way to uplift the mind and to cool the mind down. So what are they? Okay, we have sati, mindfulness. Mindfulness is something. Always know that. Mindfulness is something that never ever is enough. You can never have enough mindfulness. Keep that in mind. So, out of the seven, there are six left. So mindfulness is always developing, in other words. And out of that, Dhamma Vichya, investigation of Dharma. And then effort, Vriya, and PT, rupture, joy, those three. Okay. When you are low and down, when your mind is withered, when your body is withered, when you are depressed, exercise these 
factors. Investigation to Dharma, Varya, effort, or PT. Of course, if you are in a state, grown up to a state, you can exercise, evoke PT. You can do it, but if you are not that level, you cannot use it yet. But of course, everybody can exercise Varya. And also, to a certain extent, investigation into Dharma. So, out of that three, if you can practice all three, all three. If not, two. If not, one. That will uplift your depressed mind. And then, the other three. Pasati, calm and tranquility. Concentration, samadhi and equanimity. Upeka. Those three, when your mind is elated, accelerated, excited, restless, practice those three. If you have equanimity, you can practice equanimity. Concentration and pasati, bliss or calm. Bliss or calm is you must be able to practice to a certain level. But to a certain degree of concentration, you, you can push. And also equanimity, you can. By practicing those three, your excited and elated mind will come down. And that's how you can have a, a good meditation session. That is how you use seven factors of life, enlightenment, factors of enlightenment, to uplift your depressed mind and to calm down and to cool down your excited mind. With that, we will conclude our talk today. And in the following weeks, we will discuss each of these factors. So may all of you be able to practice Satipatthana Vipassana meditation correctly and precisely. And may you be able to become the possessor of seven factors of enlightenment as soon as possible. Sadhu, 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 buddham jemi, dhammam jemi, sangam jemi,